This is a different kind of Western. Today I'm talking about Red Hill. This is God's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. friends, welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am reviewing Red Hill, which is an Australian uh, kind of neo-Western, which is which was written and directed by Patrick Hughes, who went on to do the same, well, went on to direct the Hitman's Bodyguard movies. So, and this one was, uh, I thought it was very good, and for unexpected reasons, so I'll get into it starting now. Westerns have a proud history of virtuous lawmen facing off against malicious bandits and gunslingers. It's a kind of moral clarity American action movies have adopted since their inception, with the hero, even at their worst, doing bad things for seemingly good reasons. Of course, that simplified view of history often ignored or vilified oppressed groups in the area, including indigenous people. Which is why it was so refreshing to see this modern Western flip so many tropes and expectations on their head. The film centers around Shane Cooper, a former city deputy who's moved to a small country town in Australia. Hoping for a quiet first day, things go off the rails immediately when the town discovers that an infamous outlaw named Jimmy Conway has escaped, and that he's headed straight for the town. As Shane attempts to track Conway down and save lives, he begins to wonder what Conway's true motivation is. At first glance, Red Hill feels tone-deaf. We've got a lethal aboriginal man who's gunning for the town's law enforcement for no other apparent reason than they put him in jail. But that's not what's going on. Instead, the movie is using the language and tropes of its genre to flip it on its head. In any other movie, Jimmy would be a bad guy. He's a force of nature. He kills countless cops without remorse and even arms and dresses himself like a Terminator. He doesn't even speak. But that's all window dressing and a rather intentional misdirect. It's addressed early on that the sheriff and his deputies are not progressively minded fellas. They spout off fear-mongering BS in town meetings and take pot shots at Shane for his transfer for failing to shoot an armed child. And once Jimmy's name comes up, we can all feel that the town is hiding some something. We What it is, it isn't clear, but it's pretty clear that that's why Jim, Jimmy is coming in guns blazing. This is only hammered home when Jimmy spares Shane multiple times and only fires or returns fire at people Shane is trying to save. With that reasonable suspicion, the movie turns into a series of cat and mouse shootouts with Jimmy taking the lead and trying to take out the sheriff and his goon squad while Shane tries to catch up and figure out what's going on. Patrick Hughes' script is suitably lean, and his direction makes nice use of familiar western setups, for instance shootouts at around two-story hotels or an old saloon, with a neo-noir approach, since the majority of the violence is at night and in and around cars. Likewise, the cast is all well-suited to their roles. This is probably the best starring role I've seen for True Blood's Ryan Quatton, and that youthful innocence combined with everyman determination, and Tom E. Lewis has so much screen presence you'll forget he doesn't speak. The verdict is a wonderfully subversive western. Despite turning old tropes on their head, Red Hill delivers western action with something to say. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.